And hello, good people of the internet. It is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is, of course, Adventures in Woo-Woo. So in this episode, we get the results of the Baphomet offering experiment that we started last week. As you can see, it was full up to the top. There is about half an inch or so of water disappeared, so that's some evaporation. And then we do some bibliomancy where we get the answers to your questions. Filth. Disgusting. I'll report you to the authorities. Perverts. I know your game alright. It's all filth. All of this is peppered with some magical vlog type material. Show you these wonderful tracking movements that I can do. In case you were thinking that I had uh, hired someone to be my uh, uh, full time cameraman. And I obviously haven't. And then I talk about vision boards and how you can make them. The finding of the representation, the pictorial representation, is a great thing to do whether you, you know, the woo-woo is a thing you're interested in or not. Finally, if you're a Patreon level 2 or above, you get an extra half hour in which I talk about Liber Null, which is a foundational chaos magic book by Peter Carroll. Thou art me, Horus. I am the Horus. So let's do this. So last week we started an experiment or set up the experiment where we were going to see if water offered to a god or deity, in this case Baphomet, um, evaporated at a quicker rate or a slower rate or at a different rate than water not offered to anything. So um, it's a week now since we did that so I'm going to have a look at the um, different containers and uh, see if there's any differences. So this is the water that was offered to Baphomet. And as you can see, it was full up to the top. There is about half an inch or so of water disappeared. So that's some evaporation. And above on the other shelf, we have the water that was offered to no one. And it also has pretty much exactly the same amount of water <laughs> evaporated. So what have we learned from this experiment? Well, what we've learned is that on this occasion, when I offered water to Baphomet and uh, kept the same amount of water in a separate container and didn't offer it to anyone, they both evaporated at exactly the same rate. So, um, is this a conclusive study? I think not, but it's, I'm glad something, it's something I thought about was happening and I tested it and now it doesn't seem to be the issue. The net or seem to be the case. The next time what I'll do, I will do it with, possibly with rum because it's always usually with rum I notice it more. So that's my get out in this one, that oh, it's water was the issue here, it's rum. But uh, yeah, all of these things, all of these ideas that we have are definitely worth checking out and doing a kind of a quick kind of test on them. And then put all of your results into your magical diary. And uh, then you're, it's easier to keep track of these things and see which is working for you, which isn't working, what you need to augment, what you need to change, and what new ideas you need to have. So. Try out your own magical experiments. We'll continue doing some here at Adventures in Wu over the weeks. But, uh, you know, go and do your own things too. Go and prove or disprove your own beliefs. So today I'm going to do a bit of bibliomancy. And what is bibliomancy, I hear you ask? Well, it's essentially using a book uh, as a divination tool. And uh, there's a number of ways of doing it. Well, there's one kind of way of doing it, but there's slight variations on it. And that is to close your eyes, think of a question, 
and then open a page randomly and your answer will be on it. And this is the way I came across it first. It was kind of got very big in new age circles at one point where there was loads of different books full of quotes and mottos and sayings that were used, you know, specifically for this purpose. But the bibliomancy obviously comes from the Latin name for books and people often get it mixed up with like bibliomancy or think of the biblio is a reference to the Bible, but of course it's not, it's just a reference to books in general. That said, the Bible is one of the most common books used for this type of divination. Um, I don't like using the Bible, not because of any kind of anti-Christian feeling or any of that type of thing, but mostly because it's just, depending on the translation, I suppose, it's very stiff and very, I don't know, boring and very, you know, it's, there's no humor to it, certainly. And it's, you know, it has that kind of biblical language to it, which doesn't really, I don't find it fun or interesting or helpful or it does, it's not aesthetically pleasing to me. The book I have used for a long while is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern Are Dead by Tom Stoppard, which is not really a book, it's a play, um, and it's a wonderful film as well, if you ever get a chance to see it. It's um, Gary Oldman and Tim Roth are in it. Fantastic film. And uh, why I like it as a divination tool is because it's sassy and it's just totally dialogue, so there's no kind of long-winded, you know, liturgy or... Uh, exposition or any of these type of things. The Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are basically two characters from Hamlet, but they're very bit players, they're small players in the Hamlet thing, in the Hamlet story itself. And this is kind of what they get up to between the scenes that they are in, in Hamlet. And it's quite good, it's very funny, it's very interesting, so it's a perfect tool, in my opinion, for divination. Now, of course, you can't just open it on a random page and get your answer because, as you can see, there's a lot in focus. There's a lot of um, you know, dialogue on the page. So you have to do one extra step with something like this, or indeed with the Bible or most books that aren't specifically used, you know, or designed as um, a bibliomancy type book. Now that you have to add your finger to fall on a certain line, which is how I do it. And uh, very arbitrary where it lands, you just have to go where how you feel and you know, you get your answer. Sometimes you get, you get a great answer and it totally makes sense. A lot of the time you don't. And that's just the nature of these things. But I find that I get more relevant hits with this book than I do with any other book. But I would suggest you could use any book within reason. You probably shouldn't use like a dictionary or a thesaurus or there's probably a host of books that you probably shouldn't use. You'll find your own kind of one and each book will have its own personality. Ones will be quite boring, some will be quite funny, some will be very straight, some will be a bit weird. So try to, a number of different books and see if you, uh, you know, you like the kind of results you're getting from it. You can also do it obviously with uh, web pages where you just, you know, you could go to something like Stumble Upon if that's still a thing and go to a random web page or random wiki page or random YouTube video. Or you can do it as well with uh, going through TV channels or radio stations and you just ask a question and you randomly keep clicking until you get some sort of answer. Robert Anton Wilson was uh, very into that or at least talked about it in a, in a number of his books. So what I did earlier on is I asked people on the internet, the good people of the internet, to give me some questions that I would ask uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and uh, see what they come up with. So we'll get straight into it. So Owen Wilson asks, how's Brexit gonna work out? So. We call on you, great 
Rosencrantz and Guildenstein, please lend us your ear. Please use your world-famous divination powers and insight to give us answers to these questions that we ask. So, on to Owen's question. I looked just as ridiculous as you did, which is a fair enough uh, response to the Brexit situation, to be honest. <laughs> Um, and just the next line is consistency is all I ask, which seems equally relevant. So Tanya or Tanya, I'm so not going to be able to pronounce people's names. I should pronounce them in just in the most broadest Irish accent that I can. Tanya Zalant, give me some advice in my work as an artist. Not a bit of it. <laughs> so there's no answer from uh, this. Um, although the next line from on it is, that's the idea, are you ready? So are you ready to be an artist? Have you got your ideas together? Are you, um, you know, are you on track? Are you prepared? Davy Cadaval. How can I get more Patreon subs? Well, one way you can get it is by getting people to look at the show notes of this video and you will see a link to the, his Patreon and you can go check it out, so. We can't look each other in the face. You don't understand the humiliation of it. To be tricked out of the single assumption that makes our existence viable, that somebody is watching. So from that, that would suggest to me that you have to get the word out. You have to get people to know about it and to, um, you know, that whole thing of that. If no one knows about it, no one's going to join up. So get the word out, try and get the spread, try and um, get people. And the watching thing, I suppose, try making more YouTube videos or Facebook videos. Get something where people will be watching it. George Sulia, how can I improve my look? In that case, the origin. Trace it to its source and it might give us a rough idea of the way we came in. So that's a good answer. That would say that to improve your luck, you must look at your past, George. You must see the type of traits that you have or the kind of past experiences that have led you to believe that you don't have good luck or put you in a situation now where you have no, no good luck. And once you get that sorted, once you get the origin of it sorted, then you will be in a situation to change your luck for the better. So there you go. Good advice. Jackson October. What should I do about the co-worker I think is undermining me? Ooh, nasty co-worker. I'll give you a wave. So that would suggest to me what you've been told there is to be friendly to them, to be courteous to them. Don't treat them as an enemy, treat them as a friend. And uh, then it will either uncover that you are indeed being undermined by this person or you will gain a new ally and it will no longer be the situation. Sage Council. Melissa Cabin, how can I improve my living situation? Again, sorry about the terrible pronunciation of uh, everyone's names. It's an affliction I have. It's not going to change anytime soon. So how can she improve her living situation? Filth, disgusting. I'll report you to the authorities. Perverts, I know your game, all right. It's all felt. So I was, if you're asking about your living situation and it's uh, all about uh, <laughs> felt and uh, 
you know, that kind of thing. I would suggest that to improve your living situation, you should clean your room, clean up around you, try to maybe renovate if you can, if you know, that's obviously expensive, but try to do something to bring your own kind of mark to it or your own kind of feel to it, your own kind of presence to it. So make it, make it your own rather than uh, living in whatever such, you know, you're living in or clear out people or clear out if there is indeed perverts living out in your house god forbid you know clear out the people clear out the energy get rid of the filth that is knocking around mightn't be um literal filth it might be more metaphoric okay bet wells will the huge global disparity of wealth be rebalanced fairly before i even go to uh, the article I would suggest that probably not anytime soon, but let's see what the two boys have to say about it. I like the sound of that. What do you think he means by remembrance? <laughs> so I like the sound of it, but what do you think it means? How do you think it would work? Would it actually... Remembrance. Would it actually work out well? Possibly. Is it something that we really want? I assume it is. Um, what about the things that are around it? He doesn't forget his friends. So that would suggest that maybe you should start by, if that's something that you want to work on, start closer to home, tend closer, tend to the part of the garden that you can reach. So try to rebalance it in your own community first rather than the world, in your own friend circle and your own community. Shawnee Love, how would you prepare a tome to make it magically suitable for Bibliomancy? Possibly more question uh, in about Bibliomancy than for Bibliomancy, but we'll see what the two boys have to say. Hmm. It's going to be chaos on the night. Keep back or spectators. So I would say that's suggesting that to have something that is will give you a wide gamut of, of answers that is not just on one subject, something that is chaos inspired, that there's a lot going on that you can take a lot from rather than it being very, like it's not, you know, a maths book wouldn't be good, but something, an encyclopedia would probably be good because it's full of different ideas, full of chaos, full of different thoughts and expressions. But uh, if it's a question to me about bibliomancy, I've, as I said before, just something that um, feels good to you, gives you good answers, test a few until you find out. But uh, most books should work for you in some way. Spud Murphy, <laughs> good man, Spud. Um, you should check out his uh, podcast as well as the Comedy Cast and his YouTube channel, all of which will be in the show notes. What should I name my horse? Also, will I ever own a horse? These are you know profound questions and questions that we do need to know the answers to. Usurpation, then. I don't know what that word means, but it's U-S-U-R-P-A-T-I-O-N. That is now the name of your horse. And whatever it means might be related to whether you'll actually get a horse or not. Christina Massotti. Do the books you pull from matter? Again, probably a question more about Bibliomancy than for Bibliomancy, but we'll see how it goes. Do the matter. It's a terrible thought. So uh, take from that what you want. Tim Caraxo, I'm never quite sure how to pronounce your name, Tim, so I'll do it in the most uh, broadest Irish accent I can. Tim Caraxo, 
Is Rapsiomancy real? Well, of course it is. But let's see. It's alright. I'm demonstrating the misuse of free speech, which is really what you're doing, Tim, with your smart question. Harold Hermit, am I on track? To be commanded. So are you on the right track? To be commanded probably would suggest that you need to take a bit more of the reins of your life into your own hands. And um, possibly commanded, to be commanded, that means that you're under someone else's command presently. And so that's something you should look at. But I'm going to do another one on that because I think that there's more to that. I'm telling you, it's all stopping to a death. It's boating to a depth, stepping to a head. It's all heading to a dead stop. Interesting. But your question is, am I on track? That would suggest, and don't take this, you know, don't take all of this advice as gospel that no, you're not. That where you're heading is uh, to a dead stop. Which, given your circumstances, might be what you want. It might be coming to the end of certain things that you want um, the end of and the end of this particular point in your life and going on to new things. So it might, I might be bringing too much negativity thinking with that way. But the great Rosencrantz and Guildenstein are saying that currently your track is heading to a dead stop. And our final question is from Shannon Barbaglia. Do we live in a, si a simulation? Do we live in a simulation? The only beginning is birth, and the only end is death. If you can't count on that, what can you count on? I think that's a very wise answer to that question, do we live in a simulation? Just it's like looking at the nature of death and birth and what this world really is. So I think um, the answer to that would be, hmm. So that's kind of it, that's how it works. Um, did you enjoy this session, Rosencrantz and Guildenstein? And we'll soon be home and dry and high and dry. <laughs> so uh, possibly we want to get it over. Would you like to do this again for people if we get more questions on some sort of reoccurring um, part of the show? My honoured lord. So they would be honoured to do it. Chris Sedwick asks, what is your take on the three occult models, spirit, energy, and psychological when it comes to getting results from bibliomancy? Um, I would certainly say that um, I would come to it from a kind of psychological model in the fact that, as you've seen, I will take um, the things I get from the bibliomancy as a kind of a start to get my brain thinking about what kind of a different angle on the question asked. But then there is was one or two that's you know were dead on the money like the one about am I on track? No, it's a dead stop, and it's, it seems a bit woo in that sense. But again, you could say it's just you know it's a coincidence. But we know, of course, there's no such thing as coincidences. Energy-wise, uh, well, it's the energy of the book itself that you're using, and um, again, depends on what you want, what way you want to define energy. There's certainly a spirit and a personality to this particular book and other books which I find I don't find in, uh, in certain other books. So, you know, from an energetic level, 
but I doubt that's the question you're, you're kind of asking the energetic level in that way. Um, I mostly come from a psychological model when it comes to magic, which being open to all the rest, and I have, and for long I was in an energetic um, model of magic, so it's something that switches over and it's currently just the phase I'm in now. So my answer would be that bibliomancy and all divination um, is a psychological tool that um, allows you to see things from different angles, from different perspectives, from a different archetypal um, place or ideas with wholly welcoming it and open to all the woo that comes with it because it does seem to be strange even even from a psychological model but i have a very high opinion of the psychological model i don't think it disenchants it in any way i think it enchants it even further than uh, any of the other models um can you define fictional characters absolutely why can't you you know absolutely uh, as you have seen i hate to think there are people out there that think they're actually summoning cthulhu why do you hate that? Why are the why? What's wrong with summoning Cthulhu over any other character? Do you think because he's a fiction character or he's less real, uh, and therefore that if you're summoning something that's actually real over something else, define real, define uh, you know, or show me how? Like, what do you mean by? In a sense, this is reading a lot into your question, but you're the. Um, what it like are the demons of the Goetia real or are they fiction it, you know it all depends on what, what way you want to look at it and all that kind of thing I don't think that fiction is inherently less effective or less uh, useful than non-fiction is Cthulhu real oh, he's a very real but in a fictional sense he's more, like the idea of like say Spider-Man another fictional character is probably more real than most of us because he will outlive us and um, he was you know he's there before I was born He's more widely known. He's an idea that possibly a high percentage of the world population knows. So is he not real? And can he not be called upon as an archetype or summoned to help with divination? I say yes. I'm not a huge fan of working with fictional characters. I don't find it that powerful or useful for me, but I'm definitely not opposed to it. Or using Cthulhu in any form of divination, but whatever. Yeah. To each their own, and if it's something that you don't um, enjoy or find useful or pleasing, you know, certainly, of course, you're under no obligation to do it. But um, don't poo-poo other people or put down other people for whatever they find useful and helpful. If someone working in the Cthulhu mythos as a case magician finds that powerful and gets him more of the things he wants or gets her less of the things she doesn't want is um, part of her or his or her ascension or gives them insights what's the problem you know that's that's it just because it's fiction with funny ears so that is bibliomancy and uh, if it's something you're into I will do again but what I would probably do is uh, ask more questions and do different type of uh, divinations possibly pendulums magic eight ball that kind of stuff uh, rather than just sticking to the one thing but I do enjoy bibliomancy it's the divination system that I use most um, even more than 40 servants because it's just handy to grab the thing off the shelf and get a quick answer, a quick thing. I don't take it completely seriously, but I don't take magic in general completely seriously in the sense of that um, I used to uh, get very caught up on divination and the answers I would get. And if I didn't get the answers I want, I would get quite annoyed or depressed about you know things. I remember getting going to a psychic years ago and being told that something that I wanted to happen wasn't going to happen and I got quite down and defeated out of it and I feel 
that that defeated feeling in a sense uh, added to uh, the thing not actually coming out because I was defeated before I even tried in many ways. So while I say I don't take it that seriously, what I mean, I'm very serious about it, but um, I don't take it as written in stone or uh, that it's a guarantee. Because no matter what divination is, whatever level of woo you want to go with it, whether it's psychological or full woo, it's only reading you in the moment and it's only reading situations as it is now. And the fact that the knowledge of you knowing about it, that you have done the divination, immediately changes the future or the outcome. Unless, of course, it's all predestined and there's no choices and you're only here to discover why you made those choices as uh, is said in the matrix in a number of other places. So advice for divination in general is take it as serious as you want, but don't, you know, don't bet your life on it. Don't um, get depressed if it's not the answer and don't let it stop you doing things that you want to do. For instance, that thing, am I on track? Um, no, uh, this is going to lead to a dead end. Don't stop doing something just because you did a divination for it. If you were reading it, depending on your mood, you might read it more negatively than you would if you're in a good mood. And it's very hard to read a divination for yourself anyway because you're too close to the entire situation. So be serious about it, but don't take the answers too seriously. Only ever as guides, only ever as something that is a, a second opinion, a different perspective. So that's Bibliomancy and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. So, I've got one of these newfangled toys, the DJI Pocket Osmo, or Osmo Pocket. It's basically, basically a small little camera that uh, has a gimbal on it, and gimbal just basically is a thing that keeps your footage stable, or, you know, if you're moving around and walking better, it keeps the footage kind of on the level so that it doesn't look like it's been handheld or whatever. Now, obviously, they're not perfect or anything, but they are far better than just walking around with, say, a DSLR or even your phone. And they're better in theory than using like a stabilizer uh, on an app or in a program like Premiere or DaVinci Resolve, which is what I use. But the cool thing about it, and apart from all this kind of gimbal end of it, is that it does a tracking type thing. So it is right now, it's focused on my face. And so if I move, see it follows with me. And it's kind of like having your own personal cameraman without having to deal with other people in the room with you. So as I move around and talk, you can see that it's perfectly tracking to my face and in theory my face should never go out of focus and should never be out of shot and there's a pretty wide kind of field of view on it so it's pretty cool i got it mostly because i wanted to do outside vlogging that uh, didn't involve having a huge dslr or what you know it's a bulky thing that was very obvious and to see if that it would make it easier for me to be less self-conscious about what i'm doing and it's literally it's like this it's smaller than your hand uh, so like it, no one is going to notice it if you're walking down and it's more inconspicuous than even a phone because if you're like holding up a phone to yourself people know you're filming yourself where this is kind of doesn't look like a phone doesn't look like a video camera and could maybe even be kind of confused with or like a, like a vape pen or something like that it's kind of has that kind of feel to it um, so it's great I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with it um, I used it last night when I was filming for the Liber Null study notes and I was using it as the second camera to kind of you know uh, second angle black and white thing but the actual quality of it because it shoots in 4k uh, was amazing and it was almost nearly better than the actual DSLR that I had set, set up as my main camera it does have less depth of field to it even though it's f it's an f2 which it should have plenty of depth of field but it's kind of because of the way it focuses and has a small sensor it kind of 
keeps everything in focus rather than giving you that kind of bouquet or blurry background that you will get with a DSLR. But the advantage you have then is that you are always in focus. One of the things that really annoyed me or, or frustrated me with the kind of DSLR setup, because I have a Nikon, which are terrible with autofocus, is that the autofocus continually lets you down and you know does that haunting thing and it just looks terrible when you're playing back the video so this should be a constant focus and a constant track and possibly could turn into my number one camera over the dslr but you're not getting the kind of filmic look to it as much as you would with you know with the dslr so anyway i just wanted to test it out and uh, show you these wonderful tracking movements that i can do and uh in case you were thinking that I had uh, hired someone to be my uh, uh, full-time uh, cameraman, and I obviously haven't. I just bought a camera. Hey there, adventurers. Uh, my name is Kevin. I'm from the YouTube channel Diary of a Chubby Yogi. Uh, it's all about my exploration and my diary, really, of my adventures into the world of yoga. Uh, we're going to be dealing with everything from philosophy to the physical practice, pranayama to the path to enlightenment. It's all about making things accessible and demystifying a lot of the bullshit that goes with uh, the world of yoga. In the East world it's a very mystical and a very disassociated thing from our western minds in the western world it's all clad up in lycra basically i want to try and bridge that path and uh, find our little happy medium where we can find yoga and we can find a path to enlightenment uh, in this modern life uh, that's probably my 60 seconds up so peace out catch you guys around one thing I've started noticing that I'm doing when I'm recording these vlogs or when I put the camera on is that I forget to breathe. It's really weird. I originally noticed that when I was trying to do a walk and talk yesterday down the railway line and I noticed that I was out of breath. I was going, oh my God, I'm way less fit than I assumed I was. And uh, which is quite, you know, disconcerting and annoying. But then later on when I was sitting down and I was also doing it, I was noticing that I still had this out of breath kind of feeling. And that uh, after like, a paragraph of talk I was like Whew, you know and I had to rebreed and I just, it's just I started becoming mindful of it when I was doing the next bit and what was happening is that I was going sentence 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 without stopping to breathe in between and I think it's kind of an anxious thing or a stress related thing in that I'm trying to you know not make, make mistakes and sit be as clear as possible not fumble over my words and that kind of thing and it just is like and not breathing so something I really have to work on because I'm sure it's not going to do my um my health particularly any good and it's not going to um improve my diction or my uh, articulation uh you know to you people who have to listen to me if you know i forget to breathe but it's an interesting non non an interesting thing nonetheless because like how important our breath is and it's probably then something i'm doing in other areas of my life when i'm anxious and stressed or under pressure as i'm not breathing and so it's something i have to become very mindful of so i'm looking forward in one sense to see where i'm doing that and where i can improve in that and I'm uh, glad that uh, vlogging has uh, brought this to the surface for me to, you know, work out and uh, fix. So one of my magical goals for the week was to set up a new vision board. And a vision board, for those who don't know, is basically a collection of pictorial representations of your goals, your dreams, your desires, the things you want to manifest in your life. And it's a very simple process. You basically 
um, get like a cork board or a notice board or put a, you know, find some space on your wall or even get a scrapbook and then fill it with images that represent the things you want. Some of these can be quite literal in that if you want a particular garden shed, you will put a picture of that garden shed. But it can get a bit more kind of harder to come up with pictures for say things like confidence or happiness or you know certain different things like that or a particular job you want that there isn't an obvious picture for. Um, and with these you can you know you can just use your imagination and your creativity or if there's a particular confident actor or famous person or celebrity or something that you like then you could use an image that represents yeah you know like so if you think that uh, Tom Hardy is particularly uh, kind of the epitome of confidence or you know good looking or whatever it is that you want uh, to have then you can use him as a representation of your um, of that need or that desire or that want again like I said if, if they're more obvious then just use the actual picture of the thing you want I find them very effective and they're one of the things that work best for me that, that I've used over the years now, I'm not a master at it but um my wife is, is really good at it, down to even um, getting the actual things in the photos that she wanted. So it was a job she wanted a couple of years ago, a good while back now, and she put up on a vision board um, a picture of a room that represented the job that she wanted. And when she got the job, the floor that was in the room that where the job was to have was the exact same floor that was in the photo that she had uh, put on a vision board, which is very cool. But she's very good at the manifesting thing in general. Anyway, much better than I am. So for this vision board, I also wanted to have it a bit more than just a kind of a cork board on a wall. I wanted to give it a bit kind of a magic touch, a bit of creativity, a bit of art to it, because I find that kind of aesthetic makes it feel more magic to me. And being a chaos magician, the feel and the emotion behind it is as important as you know the actual ritualistic behavior that you do or the actual nuts and bolts or ingredients of the ritual you're doing. So for um, my... Um, vision board what I, I have my walls are painted um, dark grey it looks black but it's actually dark grey I'm not a gosh um, although you know quite close to it and I also spray painted the corkboard black as well just because I like black and I like dark things and then around it I put a number of white stars which I thought would offset the black and kind of give it that kind of wizardy magical type feel to it so I'm really happy with how it came out and of course I added the the devil horns just because find them aesthetically pleasing and I, I, I kind of uh, I like to have a bit of humor injected into all the things I do because it just uh, it just makes me feel like it, the more serious you are about these things the less fun it is and the less I said for me anyway the less successful it is I think you can kind of block a lot of your magic by being over serious about it or being very solemn or very very serious so um, if you've never done a vision board before, I suggest that you try them out. If nothing else, if you don't believe in the woo-woo-ness of it at all, it's a great way of focusing um, what you want. You know, focusing on the things, on your targets, on your goals, actually thinking about them, condensing them, and, you know, finding a representation, you know, the finding of the representation, the pictorial representation is a great thing to do, whether you, you know, the woo-woo is a thing you're interested in or not, because, it gets you to really focus on what you want and for a lot of people myself included the question of what do you want is a very hard question because you know do you really know what you want and until you sit down and actually work it all out you will discover that you probably have very vague notions about what you want out of life like oh I want to be happy or well what's you know what is going to make you happy or I want a certain job 
really, you know, get down to it and see what it is. So getting these kind of pictorial representations is great in that regard. I personally think there's a bit of woo to it as well and um, more than just goal settings, doing things like vision boards or you know, making these things a bit more ritualistic seem to make them more successful to me. But I'd be very interested in hearing what you think about vision boards, your successes, your failures, or um, you know, send me your photos of your vision board if you want. I know people can be very private about these things and I'm not too sure I would show photos of my um, vision board publicly either, but up to you. If you have a particularly cool one that you'd like to show off, do send it on. And uh, yeah, just give me, you know, tell me what you think about vision boards and uh, your experiences. So I just wanted to give a quick mention to the Discord server that I set up for Adventures in Woo Woo a couple of weeks ago. Um, if you don't know what a Discord server is, it's essentially just a chat room that also has um, voice chat um, enabled on it, so like you have VoIP on it as well. It was originally used by gamers, it was set up by gamers and all the kind of the aesthetics and the, the skin around it is uh, gamer centric. But a lot of, of other communities have started using it as a kind of a, of, of a hub or a place outside of Facebook or Twitter or your other kind of social medias for people to gather and have you know chats about certain topics. So in this one, in the Adventures in Woo, it's obviously kind of magic, occult, woo-woo centered. But there's, you know, channels that are also, you know, just free-for-all or not necessarily free-for-all, but, you know, talk about whatever you want, you know, it's just general channels. There's also a couple of things in it that are uh, really cool. There's a couple of bots um, that uh, one, one in particular allows you to have daily horoscopes, daily, you know, astrology, tarot readings, rune readings, which is quite cool. You know, you just have to type in a little message and it sends it to you which is quite cool but overall it's i'm finding it very helpful and it's a lovely community very similar to the the facebook community we have for the 40 servants where everyone is really nice to each other and no one really tolerates any kind of bullshit and the only one rule for all groups that i, I kind of set up our communities is don't be a dick and uh, other than that do as, as you please or do as thou wilt um, so uh, check it out if you think that's something that you'd be interested in. I know a lot of people are always looking for a way off Facebook, but still to retain the kind of community that they have in, in Facebook, you know, that go, I'd love to get off Facebook because of all of these people, but I really like these groups or whatever. So Discord is one way of doing it. And uh, I invite you to come join the, the, the server that's set up. The link will be in the show description. I'm sure at some stage in the future, Discord will become as evil as the other social medias. But for right now, it's a very cool space that uh, we're kind of free to do as we will uh, in it. So check it out. So that was another episode of Adventures in Woo. I hope you enjoyed it and thank you very much for having a watch. Even if you didn't enjoy it, at least you tried. And that's all that can be expected of anyone or hope for. So if you want to know more about me or you want to see more episodes or you want to check out the old podcast or you want to know how to support me, uh, so I continue this work or anything that you could possibly want to know including social media links and all of those things you can go to adventuresandwoowoo.com and that'll bring you to the page that has all of those links and um, so until next week good people of the internet have a wonderful week and may your week be extra special may you get a surprise from nowhere may you get a, a wink and a nod from the universe to let you know that the universe is actively working to make your life better and for you to get more of what you want and less of what you don't want to. So good people of the internet, be well.